0: Hey, Prime members, you can listen to Country Heat Weekly ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the app today.
1: So I'm from a place, little bitty town called Aragon, Georgia. Alexa calls it Aragon, but it's really Aragon. So, you know. Oh, there
2: they There's Alexa, Alexa talking there in there right now.
1: Hush, Alexa, it's fine. <laughs>
2: hmm, I don't know that one. This is Ashley McBride.
1: What's up? It's Kane Brown. We are Old Dominion.
2: This is Kelsey Ballerini.
1: And I'm Dalton Dover. Let's hang out. My episode of Country Heat Weekly starts now.
2: Welcome to the season two finale of Country Heat Weekly. I'm Amber Anderson. And I'm Kelly Sutton. I can't believe we're at the end of another season already. (laughs) Me either. It's gone by so fast. Yeah. But we have a lot to wrap up, including introducing everyone to the final artist in Amazon Music's Breakthrough Artist to Watch class of 2023. His name is Dalton
0: Dover, and he's one of Blake Shelton's protégés from season 16 of The Voice. In fact, in the past year, he did a tour of Blake's old red locations, and at his Nashville stop, Blake popped up
2: on the big screen behind him to invite him to make his Grand Ole debut. We also have a bunch of news hot off the press to share, and we're going to dig into some of the songs on the Country Heat playlist that bring up fond memories of our Season 2 guests. Plus, our Rediscover segment will highlight the contributions of Stoney Edwards to the genre. Now, Stoney is not a well-known name in country
0: music, but we learned about him while researching the O.B. McClinton Rediscover segment earlier this month. And now... We're going to share him with all of you.
2: Before we get to all of that, though, Kelly and I are still not over seeing Ashley McBride and friends (laughs) perform Lindyville Live at the Ryman Auditorium last week. I
0: mean, neither is anyone else we know. (laughs) We are all still talking about it. You may recall earlier this season, Ashley was our center stage guest on the podcast to talk about her brand new album, Ashley McBride Presents Lindyville, which is a concept record
2: based around a fictional town called Lindyville and all the characters who live there. The album was produced by John Osborne, who I saw, by the way, yesterday. Oh. And got to talk to him about the live show. Did you tell him how much we loved it? Yes. He okay. was like, Did you come the first night or the second night? We we're like, Second night. He's like, Oh. He's like, Second night was something. And really? I was like, Yeah, it was. It was yeah, amazing. It was. But we told him, we We're like, How special to be a part of that. Mm-hmm. And what a wonderful job you all did. We just were like pouring out our appreciation for all the things that John did for this project. But it was produced by John and features a bunch of guest stars, including T.J. Osborne and Kaylee Hammock. Mm -hmm. And they brought it to life at the Ryman. They did the album in order, including all the jingles. There were props. There were extra characters thrown in there. I said it was like if Rocky Horror Picture Show collided with the
0: Grand Ole Opry and Hee Haw. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs>
2: that's the best way to describe it. Welcome to Lindyville. They did this for two nights, and when the second night got added, some of the original cast couldn't do the second night. The night we saw it, we got our girl Lainey Wilson oh, I know. doing Kaylee Hammock's role and Shelley Fairchild performing Brandy Clark's parts.
0: By the way, I'm a huge Shelly Fairchild fan. She was incredible. Yeah, if,
2: incredible. If
0: you're not familiar with her, go back. She has solo project work from the early 2000s, which is just amazing. Okay, we laughed so hard. <laughs> Such an incredible show. There was a stuffed dog. There were drag queens. Dirk Spentley's band is on side stage doing jingles. T.J. Osborne is playing upright bass. And then at the end, the entire cast comes out on stage and performs the chick's Goodbye Earl.
2: It, was everything. <laughs> I did not want the night to end. My favorite was looking across and seeing you like <laughs> camera up, hands in the air. I'm like, this is so great. It was
0: just incredible. And I mean, the commotion before she came out to do the encore song,
2: no one was leaving. No one was leaving. We're like, the, light, the house lights are not on. No. So we're going to stand right here. Nobody wanted this to end. We hooted, hollered, stomped our feet. Ashley came back out again. And I think this only happened on our night, too. And she performed Girl Going Nowhere, just acoustic, on her guitar. And anytime anybody does anything just acoustic in the Ryman, it's next level.
0: It was magical. I said this to producer Jay sitting next to me. I really hope this changes the game for live performances. Mm. Yes. I know they live stream the show. I'm really hoping it
2: comes out on demand somewhere so that we can relive it because Lindyville is my favorite town. (laughs) So good. (laughs) I know we could talk about the show and the specific performances all day, but the control room is saying we have to move on. Okay, So it's time to head into the kitchen and find out what else is cooking in country music. Life is full of personal wins, whether it's cleaning your house, getting that dream car, availability amount of discounts and savings and eligibility vary by state it's three o'clock somewhere time for a my mochi ice cream snack my mochi ice cream is cool creamy scoops of premium ice cream wrapped in sweet pillowy dough and get this all of my mochi's fabulous flavors like strawberry mango double chocolate and cookies and cream are only around 80 calories per piece talk about a guilt-free indulgent experience
0: Okay, so we've noticed that the women of country music are slaying it right now. So we are about to celebrate a bunch of them, starting
2: with Kelsey Ballerini. On March 4th, she will be performing on Saturday Night Live. Kelsey is the musical guest and Kansas City Chiefs tight end and 2023 Super Bowl champion Travis Kelsey, who I happen to love, will be hosting the show. He's the one that has
0: the brother that plays for the Eagles, right? They played each other in the Super Bowl. I am impressed
2: with this sports knowledge, Kelly.
0: I mean, truthfully, the only reason I know that is because I was cheering for Mama Kelsey. (laughs) She was so sweet. She had on that split jersey, half Eagles, half Chiefs. Okay, I have to believe that this Kelsey theme was planned, right? Regardless of which team was going to come out victorious, they were going to have a Kelsey. Yeah, probably. I guess so. The winning brother is going to be hosting. (laughs) Kelsey Ballerini would be performing. Maybe get Kelsey Grammer to do a cameo.
2: Oh, my gosh. Can you imagine? (laughs) Well, this is Kelsey Ballerini's first time on SNL. It might actually be Travis Kelsey's too. I'm pretty sure it is. But it's all in conjunction with the release of her new short film and six-song EP, Rolling Up the Welcome Mat, which maps out her post-divorce healing journey from fellow artist Morgan Evans. You know, this project is incredible. Mm. It's raw. It's honest. It spills a lot of tea. <laughs> right? I mean, the
0: first song, Mountain With a View, it's a direct answer to Morgan's single, Over For You. Like, there are some line-for-line rebuttals, especially in the video. I think that this is when I set myself free. One day you'll ask was it over?
2: Another song references a 2019 performance where they'd had a big fight and Kelsey slept on the couch the night before. So I went down a rabbit hole Mm -hmm. (laughs) and discovered it was her CMA Awards performance of Homecoming Queen. So rewatching that performance about how things look different on the outside to how they feel inside, it just all hits differently now.
0: Wow. Okay. I think this music is going to do big things for her. It's so unvetted
2: hmm Like no one said, hey, Kels, you might not want to go there. I mean, she just went there. Yes, she did. <laughs> if you haven't seen this project, you have to check it out and make sure you have some tissues nearby. You're going to need them. For sure. Okay, and happier news.
0: Judy Messina is another female country star who is truly having a moment right now. She gained a whole new crop of listeners when Cole Swindell dropped the reimagined version of her classic song,
2: Heads Carolina, Tails California. And because she has so many fans wanting to see her live, Jodi Messina has announced her 2023 headlining tour, the Heads Carolina Tales California Tour. It's hard to believe that this is the first time she's actually named a tour after this song.
0: I know. Well, the coin clearly landed on Heads because Jodi kicked things off last week in North Carolina. (laughs) She's going to wrap things up November
2: 11th in California. She's really sticking to the theme here. I like it. (laughs) Love it. You know who else just announced a headlining tour? Ooh. The Chicks! Woo! And this time, they are taking their shows across the globe. Plus, Marin Morris will be joining them as a supporting act on a lot of dates.
0: I mean, you have to believe that as a little girl growing up in Texas, Marin had to have covered a lot of The Chicks songs. So she has to be
2: excited about this. She has to. The Chicks will start things off on June 20th in Norway, followed by shows in the UK and Europe. Then they'll make their way back to the U.S. before wrapping things up with a Canadian leg in September. Marin is on all of the international dates, sadly not the U.S. dates. It's the first thing I checked, Mm. (laughs) which does include a July show here in Nashville.
0: Okay, it's time to move on to the Heat Index, where we check out what's hot on the Country Heat
2: playlist. Our heat index this week has a theme. Ooh, I do love a theme. Me too. The songs we're talking about today are all by artists who have been center stage guests on Country Heat Weekly this season. So it's a fun little trip down memory lane. Is that where we're starting? Old Dominion? Memory lane? Might as well.
0: (laughs) If I could buy a house on memory lane, I'd put my money down and I'd sign my name. When we have a group come in to do the podcast, they don't all fit into the studio where we are sitting right now. So we relocate all the cameras and microphones to the living room of the country heat house.
2: It's a whole thing. It's a vibe change for sure. Sure. And of course, anytime you get the Old Dominion guys together, it's a party. So do you have a favorite moment from that interview? (laughs) Um,
0: Probably when we stumped them with trivia about their own song. Same. (laughs) Was this the first co-write with a female? On an Old Dominion?
2: Um, probably.
1: Um you think so, yeah.
2: Mm -hmm. Now you're making us think. I don't know that we've cut any. This is probably the first one. Wow, surely that can't be true. Another one of my favorite episodes this season was with Kane Brown. He was really open and honest about his mental health and how he's grown as an artist. Plus, it was the first time we got to talk to him about what has now become his latest number one song the duet with his wife, Caitlin, called Thank God. Thank
1: God you love me when you didn't have to. But you did, and you do, and he knew. Thank God for giving me you. Yeah, my fans have been asking for five years for us to do something. And I, to me, I think that's going to be the biggest song on the album, just not only because it's a great song and Caitlin sounds amazing, and but I just think because of the fan base and then... I know the media is going to get a hold of it. And then radio's already been asking for it. So I just think the outlet's is going to hit. I told her, I was like, you better hold on, babe. Mm -hmm. I was like, you're going to have to do this at award show. She's like, no. She thought she was just going to have a song that was just, you know, just on the record, like a cute thing.
2: But no, you're (laughs) like, buckle up. Here we go. He knew this was going to be a big one. I don't have to ask you who your favorite guest was this season, Kelly. Pretty sure we all know the answer to that. Keith (laughs) (laughs) Urban! I mean, we do have a pretty great gig here. If you need to lock me up in a room with Keith Urban listening to that Aussie accent for an hour, okay, I guess, if I have to. (laughs) The song he has on the playlist right now is called A Street Called Maine, and I think that he really liked that we picked up on what he was doing with the artwork for the song.
0: When we look at the artwork for Street Called Maine you have this boombox <laughs> over your head and I'm like oh my gosh John Cusack say, say anything, anything. Yeah. one of my favorite movies yeah uh, me too intentional intentional absolutely okay yes I've been wanting to do that image for a long time and just had to find the right song and then I thought it'd be great for Street Called Main because it's kind of calling out to the girl okay. even, even just in memory <laughs> And we have to give a shout out to Annie, who does a bunch of research for us on these interviews. She makes sure that we have all the facts and figures at hand so we can focus on the conversation.
2: We appreciate and love you, Annie. So much. So many of the songs on the Country Heat playlist are by artists who have been our guests. Hardy, Carly mm-hmm. Pierce, Russell Dickerson, Dirk Bentley. Oh, and Breland, who's on the cover this week. Ingrid Andrus, Tyler
0: Hubbard, Jackson Dean. So in the break next month, make sure that you go back and check out any past episodes that you may have missed. Before we go to break, it's our last episode of Who Said That for this season. Okay, here's how it works.
2: We read you a quote from a country star, and you try to guess who said that. After a quick break, we'll play the audio to see if you guessed right. This week, our quote is someone talking about how modern technology allows people to cut entire albums on their home computer. The quote is... The way we make records is kind of old school, where we go into a studio with a bunch of musicians and make a record. Who said that? I mean, we're across the street from Allentown Studios, where Garth Brooks has cut all of his albums. So that's my first guess. Okay, keep listening and we'll
0: tell you on Country Heat Weekly. This is Keith Urban. It's Lainey Wilson. We're Dan and Shay.
1: And I'm Dirk Bentley. This is Chase Rice. Country Heat Weekly will be right back.
0: Time to reveal who said that. The way we make records um, is still kind of old school where we go into a studio with a bunch of musicians and make a record.
2: Dirk Bentley. Bentley, Dirk's new album, Gravel and Gold, recorded old school style, drops tomorrow. And starting tomorrow,
0: he'll join me on Country Heat in DJ mode to talk all about it.
2: You might remember this week's guest from his time on The Voice in 2019. Or maybe you found him more recently on TikTok. But there's a lot more to his story that we're going to discover today. Dalton Dover started out singing in church, also around the house,
0: in school. Pretty much any he got a chance to use those vocal cords, he took it. Now, looking back, it seems like there was really no plan B. As his musical influence, Luke Combs,
2: would say, if he weren't doing this, he'd still be doing this. Luckily, that drive led him to The Voice, where he was mentored by country music superstar Blake Shelton. Now this talented dad of two is signed with Universal Music Group Nashville and is living out his dreams.
0: Today we are getting to know Dalton Dover. Welcome to the Country What's Heat up? House.
1: Thank y'all so much to for having see me. You. Thank you.
2: So you're a Georgia boy and you still live there, right? Go
1: dogs, yes ma'am.
2: But you're in Nashville a lot.
1: <laughs> yeah, so I feel like when I'm not on the road, I'm in Nashville probably 4 days a week and at home 3 days.
0: Home in Georgia is where
1: so um, I will tell everybody Rome, Georgia, but I'm actually from Aragon, Georgia. Polk County, same place Sam Hunt's from, Nick Chubb from the Cleveland Browns. Yeah, that's where I call home.
2: I was actually going to ask, I was like, how close are you to Cedartown? Because I know it's yeah. up there where I'm, Sam is from. Yeah,
1: I'm like, they're right down the street, literally down the street.
0: Okay, so a lot of people probably know you from The Voice. They got to know you, season 16 of The Voice. Yes. But we want to go back a little bit further. We want to know what it was like growing up. So did you grow up in that same area that you're living in now?
1: Yes, I grew up in Ergon all my life. Growing up, it was me, my brother, and my sister, and my mom. Um, Music's kind of always been in my family. Um, I grew up singing in church with some of my grandpa. And um, I found a really early passion for singing and entertaining people. And I just love singing for people.
2: Growing up in a family that loved music, what was on the radio at home?
1: Man, there was was a mixture of everything from Keith Sweat to George Strait to anything. You could walk in the house and hear absolutely anything.
2: That's an interesting mix. Yeah, for sure.
1: (laughs) I was just telling somebody like, I just remember hearing Keith Whitley, Don't Close Your Eyes for the first time and absolutely falling in love with country music. And... I knew right then that that's what I wanted to do for the rest of my life. There was never another plan to do anything else. Don't
0: close your eyes, let it be me. Don't it's in some fantasy.
1: I just always believed in it and always just sang songs. And I tell people all the time, like when I was a kid, I'm kind of like my son is now. Like We're kind of attention seekers. So we love singing for people and we love being in front of people. We love being the center of attention. So... You know, I guess that might have the talent shows that I that I did growing up might have played a big part of it.
2: Oh, talent talent shows. shows here we go. What you say? We always ask. So, <laughs> come on.
1: So I sang um, my first talent show that I did. I done a Justin Bieber song. <gasps> Which song? Yeah, uh, come on, baby. I said, oh oh, 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 you know, and I done that, and you know, of course, everybody they love me after that. So. <laughs> Give
2: them- Give him you know. first place now. Just just <laughs> crown him. Yeah. You know what's so funny? I was just listening to Justin Bieber on the way here.
1: Today. Oh, there we go. I
2: listened to Boyfriend because I love that song. Yeah. And that should be me with Rascal Flats. I was just listening oh. to that. Like,
0: literally on the way song. here. Those on the are way great
1: song. Yes. Yeah.
2: So what
0: made you want to audition for The Voice?
1: So... It was never really, um, it was never really a thing where I woke up and was like, I want to go do the voice. I had some friends that come over and they was like, yo, you should go do the voice. And at the time, I'm like, guys, what are the really the chances of me going to make this? I didn't know any producers. I didn't know anybody. So I just sucked it up just to make everybody else happy. And I went and I'd done the voice. We stood in the line for like six hours. I finally got an audition. And around this time, that's when Stapleton and Justin Timberlake just got off of the, the CMAs oh, done, yeah, yeah. done Tennessee whiskey. And um I, I sang Tennessee whiskey for them and they passed me through. Um, and it was a very um it was mm-hmm. really cool. I wouldn't go back and change a thing.
2: We know that Blake Shelton's been a huge part of your journey. You mm-hmm. did a tour of his old red locations, yeah, and he was the one that actually invited you to play the Opry yes. the very first time. So talk to us a little bit about your relationship with Blake and the impact he's had on your
1: career. So from the voice. I just remember when I got eliminated off the show, Blake come backstage to like, man, this ain't over between us. You know, so like that's really cool for me. And like at the time, like that Dalton then needed them worse because that sucked. You know, you're getting kicked off a TV show, but you know, moving forward to looking back from now, like if you'd have told Dalton then what's happening now, like he would never believe you. So Blake really like, you know, I feel like kinda of put me under his wing a little bit.
2: Well, I'd love to hear that too, yeah. because mm-hmm. like I think a lot of people in the industry know Blake and they know the kind of guy he is, but I think a lot of people too like see these mentors on this show like they're getting paid to be here, you know. But right. a guy like Blake is definitely, I mean, you're not the only one. He is he's definitely yeah. been that guy that For goes sure. in and invests in right. artists that he really believes For in. Sure. That's
1: huge. And it was so surprising because we we ended our residency in Nashville. So we're on the Nashville stage. And my opening song to every show that I do is my song You Got a Small Town. And we was playing the song, and right after the song was over, the phone behind us started ringing, and I was like, "Oh crap! Like, what's about to happen?" I look over at my band, and like Blake's face popped up, and I knew what was going to happen right then. So I was kind of like, "I, I just kind of had a feeling." So you knew it was going to be <laughs> yeah. an Opry invite. I, I didn't know it was going to be an Opry invite, but I knew that it was going to be something. Yeah. It was something special for him to be <laughs> calling like me, yeah, in your for gun. him to yeah. be calling me, yeah. yeah. So you
0: got to step on the stage of the Grand Ole Opry yeah. in December, yes, December 3rd. December 3rd. What was that moment like for you?
1: So I'm not really got to talk about my grandpa much on here yet, but he um, he played a big part in my life, my childhood. I grew up without a father. So my grandpa was kind of the the man that was there that taught me how to drive, taught me how to shoot a gun. He walked my butt when I got to Elf in school, right? So for him, he was a big Marty Robbins fan. Merle Haggard, Conway, Keith Whitley. So he got to watch me play the stage that all them guys stepped on, you know. And for me, that's pretty special to me just because my grandpa is literally one of my most favorite people in the world. And he got to watch me step on that stage. So it's pretty special. Not just him, but like my grandma, my mom, everybody got to watch it. So that made it just even more special. Mm, Yeah.
2: I love it. Okay, so you've released several songs for fans to dig into. But yeah. if someone's discovering you for the first time, mm-hmm. what's the first impression you want to make? What's the song that you think they should listen to first?
1: Yeah, so I just got to throw it out there. I'm really excited for all the new stuff that I have coming. But the stuff that I have on, the stuff that I have out right now, um, when I when a listener listens to me for the first time, I just want them to get, the, like, this is real, this is authentic, and like this is just, this is Dalton Dover. When you listen to one of my songs, it's me. Um, it would definitely probably have to be You Got a Small Town, just because th- that song is where I'm from. That's me, you know. You got a small town.
0: Tell us the backstory about that song.
1: Yeah, so I did not write that song, which is insane, but a couple of my buddies wrote it and I got into Nashville and I had a couple of songs pitched to me and I was like, Man, I just don't I really just ain't feeling this. And You Got a Small Town was sent to me and Me and my producer, and we loved it, and we cut it. And like I was just like, man, I've got to have this song.
2: That's when you know it's a done deal.
1: Exactly. (laughs)
0: Especially if it feels like something that you're like, why didn't I write this? Because this is my story. Exactly. That's so perfect. Mm-hmm. There's a song of yours that we love called Damn Good Life. Yes. Tell us about the song. It is absolutely infectious. I was actually listening to it in the car on the way over here.
2: I listened to it this morning. It's so good.
1: <laughs> yeah, Damn Good Life would definitely be my second pick for sure. That one right there, we went in to write it. I wrote it with Alex Maxwell One Jackson Free. And I went in and I was just like, man, I'm so tired of writing heartbreak songs and sad songs. Like, I just want to write something freaking fun. You know, like, it's just going to make people happy and like just... A vibe, you know, and that's what we did. Damn good life, come out, and it, it, the song is just, uh, you know, as you hear it, we wrote it in like forty five minutes. So it's one of those. That
2: song, super positive outlook. Is that how you are naturally? A would you say? Percent. Yeah,
1: yeah. Negative energy, keep that away from me.
2: Mm. I like Amen. that. Yes. I like that. Okay, so your first single going to country radio is called Giving Up On That. Can we talk about how good this song is? It's so good. Well, <laughs> my, oh, good. my first
0: instinct, the first thing I said to you was, are you going to be like the trills and like the <laughs> vocals that are happening in this song are next level. And Thank I'm you. thinking you're performing this live on stage a yeah. lot for the rest of your life. For sure. Are you okay with that? Are you going to be able to do yeah. it? Because this is, Vocally, I think we've, right. we've, a strong yeah, performance.
1: We've been out on radio tour for the last three weeks now, and I've kind of questioned myself a couple times. <laughs> but I take my guitar and I tune it half step down, oh. and I, you know, I'm good. So like, I have enough power, like. <laughs> To be able to sing it live, so I think I'll be fine. You know, but yeah, if you not, got this. Yeah, I got it. It's fine.
0: But I love the fact that you're showing that off in this song For sure. because I hear it in your other songs as well. But this mm-hmm. is like yeah. front and center powerhouse vocal. Yeah.
2: the studio process
1: only when I get to sing I don't like watching the musicians play and all that only when I get to sing and stuff like that
2: I'm so glad you said that yeah because I've gotten to sit in to a few studio sessions and I don't think people really realize what all
1: goes into oh, it so much
2: mm-hmm. it's a lot mm-hmm. and oh, it's so like much. okay drums can you replay that exactly. 16 times it's a lot
1: yeah so I got myself in kind of a pickle a few weeks ago because I told my producer he was like what are you doing today? I was like, nothing. He was like, you want to come to the studio and hang out? And I was like, sure. Like, I didn't think nothing about it. So I'm sitting in there an hour and I'm like, holy, can I cuss? Hmm? I'm ready to get out of here. (laughs) And he's like, why? I was like, dude, I'm so bored right now. They just kept on telling him to play over and over. And I just, I wasn't able to sing anything, you know, so.
0: That's like taking a racehorse to the track and not let him not go letting out. Him,
1: exactly. That ain't right. You can't do that. <laughs> exactly.
0: So it's a long way geographically and emotionally from Aragon, Georgia yes. to C2C, which is your <sighs> next big date in London. Well, let's go. Have you ever traveled overseas?
1: Never. I didn't even know what a passport was. Uh-oh. But I got one. You got one. I was about to
2: say, <laughs> do you have one?
1: But I got one. Coming
2: Expedited. up real soon. Oh, so what are you most looking
0: forward to when you get over there?
1: Honestly, I don't even know what to expect. I'm just excited. You know, I don't, I really don't know.
0: Please, please post a bunch of videos of I all the fun stuff you do. Because getting a load of you in London is going to be amazing. <laughs> You're going to be like, well, Supposedly,
1: dukes. I'll be there with Lainey and Lainey Wilson and Nate Smith. So yeah, yeah. I'm pumped about it.
2: Congratulations on being named Amazon Music Breakthrough Artist to Watch for 2023. We cannot wait to see all the great things this year brings for you. Thank you so
1: much. I really appreciate it. Thanks for
2: being here with us.
1: Thank y'all so much for having me.
0: Our Rediscover segment uncovers music that doesn't get a lot of mainstream attention today. Sometimes it's the early hits of future superstars. Sometimes it's a superstar
2: from days gone by. And sometimes, like today, it's an artist who pushed the genre forward and maybe doesn't get the credit they deserve. Today, we wrap up our celebration of Black History Month by rediscovering the music of Stoney Edwards.
0: Stoney Edwards was born into a poor family in Oklahoma, Christmas Eve of 1929. His father was Black. His mother was Native
2: American. He was the youngest of seven children. Stoney dropped out of school in the third grade, helping the family out on the farm, including hunting rabbits for them to eat. By the time he was a teenager, he was embedded in the family business bootlegging corn liquor. Moonshine! Now that's country music. (laughs) (laughs) There was country music around the house, too. His family listened to WSM radio, and he idolized artists like Bob Wills and Roy Acuff. From the time he was a child, Stoney dreamed of playing the Opry. At one point, he even created a makeshift guitar out of a bucket and some wire before finally being able to afford a real one.
0: Although he always sang and loved country music, Stoney's musical career didn't start until he was 41 years old. A work accident had put him in a coma for months, and he was unable to work
2: for a couple of years. He had a wife and children he wanted to support, and after the accident, Stoney considered himself a burden to his family. He knew if he weren't around, they would be eligible for welfare checks. So he hatched a plan to leave, and one night snuck out of the house while his wife was sleeping. Well, he tried to sneak out. He wound up stepping on a
0: squeaky toy of his daughter's, and she called out to him.
2: (laughs) Busted. (laughs) Did he stay?
0: He did, and the experience became the foundation for the first country song he wrote, Two Dollar Toy.
1: Last night, a two-dollar toy made a million-dollar daddy out of me.
0: He performed the song and a Merle Haggard cover at a benefit concert for Texas swing star Bob Wills. This was in 1970. And that's where he caught the attention of a Capitol Records executive who knew the label was
2: looking to sign a Black singer following the success of Charlie Pride. $2 Toy was his first single, making it to number 68 on the country chart. And fun fact... His backing band on those first recording sessions was the Bob Wills tribute band, Asleep at the Wheel. We need to rediscover them next season. Yes, we do. The next year, Stony released two more singles, one called Poor Folks Stick Together and another called The Cute Little Waitress, which he wrote.
1: Well, that cute little waitress just whispered in my ear and said she'd be my wife. So you...
0: of those songs were on his debut
2: album titled A Country Singer. The title track of his next album was the first of three top 40 country hits for Stoney. A song called She's My Rock which peaked on the chart at number 20. That song was later a big hit for George Jones, but Stoney had the first cut on it, and George's version is very true to the original.
0: She took me in and made
1: me everything I am today. She's my rock and I ain't gonna throw her away.
0: So according to country music legend, one night, Stoney was in the audience at a George Jones show, and George spotted him. He brought Stoney up on stage to do a song, and then George left. no. <laughs> no. <laughs> what does Stoney do? He kept playing. Allegedly, George
2: was gone for about an hour, and when he showed back up, he was more than a little tipsy. That sounds about right. Mm-hmm. Another great story about Stoney surrounds his tune, Hank and Lefty Raised My Country Soul. This is another song Stoney wrote that pays tribute to the music he grew up on, including Hank Williams and Lefty Frizzell.
1: Learn how to sing and shuffle my shoes Listening
2: song only made it to number 39 but gave stony an incredible memory. The story goes that Stony ran into Lefty at a bar one night after the song had been released and struck up a conversation. But he didn't tell Lefty who he was. And Lefty told him that the song had moved him to tears because he thought he'd been forgotten. Oh, what a moment. The song was later recorded by both Mo Bandy and Emmylou Harris. And Lefty, of course, is now in the Country Music Hall of Fame. Stoney had two notable singles in 1975.
0: The first was the top 20 hit, Mississippi, You're On My Mind. But wait, wasn't he
2: from Oklahoma? yeah. I've got no explanation for that. <laughs> <laughs> that was the title track to another album, but it's interesting when you look at track listings for the way projects were done back then, it wasn't unusual for one song to appear on multiple albums. So Mississippi, You're On My Mind had a bunch of his former singles on it, all the way back to $2 Toy. The other song that we have to talk about is Blackbird, Hold Your
0: Head High which was drawn from his experience as a Black man who has to deal with the scarecrows in the music industry. He said, hold your head, eyes like blood Sing pretty song Don't let no scarecrow chase you out
2: the song was rooted in his real-life experiences. He was once barred from entering a party at his own record label in Los Angeles.
0: But the racial undertones of the song and some controversial language had some radio stations banning the tune. It peaked at number
2: 41. And that was the end of his major label career. So, wait, did Stoney ever get to play the Opry? Did he make his childhood dream come true? He did! Yay! <laughs> Apparently,
0: Tex Ritter was the one who brought him on stage, and Stoney couldn't believe how much Tex knew
2: about him. He'd really done his research, and that made the night even more memorable for Stoney. Love that. So, in the late 70s, there was a rumor going around Nashville that Stoney was trying to put together an entirely black band. But in an interview with Music City News, he said it wasn't going well. The article quotes him as saying, there are a lot of Black musicians who play country well, but they don't love country music, and I want a dedicated band.
0: Although it would be easy to say being a Black man in country music in the 1970s was an uphill battle, Stoney himself would tell you that it was his multiracial makeup that caused him
2: the most issues. Oh, that's right. His mother was Native American.
0: Yeah, he was quoted as saying, I was never really accepted by any race. Sometimes I wished I was as Black as a skillet
2: or as white as a sheet." Stoney had multiple health issues later in life and passed away of cancer in April of 1997. Do yourself a favor and check out the music of Stoney Edwards on Amazon Music. We're about out of time. Thank you so much for spending time with us each week on Country Heat Weekly. We have loved getting to celebrate this genre. We love so much with all of you. What do you have planned for the break? I know you still have to work your day job in publishing, but are you going anywhere fun? Actually, I'll be going home to Florida. And my mom's going to be coming up here. I think we're going to go to maybe Memphis or Atlanta for an NBA game. Oh. So that's going to be fun. That is fun. What about you? Where are you going to do with your time off?
0: We are going to do a quick trip to New York. I'm taking my daughter to Broadway for the oh, first time. I'm so excited for this. <laughs> and I'm also going to do all of my other jobs. <laughs> Kelly has so many jobs. Kind of do. Uh, one easy place to find me is right here on your Amazon Music app. Look for Country Heat in DJ mode. Usually
2: my face is on the cover, but this week we're doing a Dirk Bentley takeover. March is Women's History Month. And so to celebrate, we will be encoring several episodes of the podcast with the rock star women of country music, including Ashley McBride and Carly Pierce. Who's on your season three dream board, Amber? Oh, gosh. Let's see. Sam Hunt, for one. We haven't had him on yet. I'd also really love to talk to Charles Kelly and Lady A about the journey they've been on over the past year. But how about you? I want Luke Combs to come back in and talk about that album title. I got to figure out whether I gave him that idea or if he already had it. Yeah, we need to settle the score on this.
0: There are some of our breakthrough artists to watch that I would love to talk to center stage like Avery-Anna. Yeah, she's amazing.
2: Make sure you're following the podcast on whatever platform you listen so you'll know as soon as season three drops. And keep up with Kelly and I on social media. I'm Hey, it's Amber A. And I'm the
0: Kelly Sutton. Tell us what you like best about the podcast and if there's anything that you would like to see us do differently next season. And don't forget the hashtag Country Heat Weekly. Our final burning question of the season. Our last chance to be nosy with the stars. We've been collecting answers for this question for a while. We have been asking, what's your favorite comfort food?
2: And the answer is pretty much always carbs.
0: <laughs> always. <laughs> I mean, mine is mac and cheese, so I can't talk. At least it was in the form of a vegetable for Shania Twain, El King, Ingrid Andrus, and Ashley McBride.
2: Shania and I have the same comfort food. French fries. Let's see, mashed potatoes and gravy. Always potato chips. Anything kettle cooked. Mashed potatoes, or anything you can do to a potato.
0: Chase Rice, Jason Dean, Dylan Scott, and Jackson Dean all have the same thing on their mind:
1: pizza. Any pizza, man. Probably pizza. I love pizza. Pepperoni and black olives. Pizza. It used to be mac and cheese. Now it's probably just pizza.
2: Here are a few more hot takes from Dan and Shay, Brooke Eden, and Frank Ray. Maybe like mac and cheese, biscuits and gravy Mac too. and cheese is it's pretty good. Yeah.
1: Tacos. Green chili chicken enchiladas.
0: Country Heat Weekly is a production of Amazon Music and Wondery. Executive producer is Melissa Locker for Nevermind Media. Senior producer is Joyce Reiser.
2: Recording engineer, Aaron Dethridge. Sound design by Debbie Daughtry. Production assistance from Rick Hamilton, Annie Reuter, Madeline O'Connell, Tim Einenkel, and Jeremy Chua. Our
0: theme song, Country Time, was written and performed by Mia Byrne. The team for Amazon Music and Wondery includes Nathan Brackett, Michelle Kammerer, Emily Feld, Callum Blues, Emily Belote, and Jenny Tay. The executive producers for Wondery are Dave Easton and Marshall Louie. Production support
2: services from Marley, Steve, Grace, Winnie, Moses, Wicket, Osmo, Abby, Scraps, and all the other very good dogs out there. Find and follow
0: Country Heat Weekly on Amazon Music or wherever you listen to podcasts so you'll get the latest episodes just as soon as they drop. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to Country Heat Weekly ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today. Before you go, tell us about yourself by completing a short survey at listenerstudy.com.